Hello nerds and welcome back to Nerding Out with Chelsea. In today's episode, we'll be talking about D&D and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm very excited about, all related to D&D. Um, I am a relatively new D&D player and DM. I've been playing for over a year, maybe even two years. I honestly don't have a firm grasp on how much time has passed because it's not like I'm playing like exactly for 365 days or something. It's like I've started playing since, you know, it's been about a year or two since I've started playing, but that doesn't mean I'm consistently playing every day, every month, every week, whatever. But basically where I want to start with, because in like past episodes, I've already mentioned how I've played D&D and just a little bit of detail about that but this whole episode is going to be be me basically going more in depth I guess so you know like I said earlier I don't really have a firm grasp as to when I started playing D&D I think around late 2019 or maybe early 2020 um I would have to like really go and look and search maybe through discord to see if I could find but that would definitely be a lot of work um my first group of D&D by the way I've only played like online D&D. I've never gotten to play tabletop traditional D&D with like the dice and such. So, you know, that could be good to note. Um, my first group of D&D members that I played with was an all black group from this Discord server for black people. And even though I had heard of D&D throughout the years, that's when I was really like convinced and really became interested in the idea of playing my first campaign. And the group lasted for quite a bit. Um, our DM was one of the, you know, members of the server. And we would play like every week, every other week, depending on what different arrangements people had going on in life. And I think it went on for quite a while. But eventually the group just kind of fell off and died because basically our DM disappeared and then the other members also just disappeared. But before that kind of happened, we'd had other one shots and different fun campaigns going on on the side with the same members. Like one of the members of the group who was also a DM started a one shot and we did the one shot and people really liked it. So they wanted to do an, a full campaign and we were supposed to do a full campaign. And I believe we only did like one or two, you know, plays of the campaign and then it just kind of died because that member and second dm just disappeared um i started like watching and learning how to be a dm because i had wanted to also try and do a one shot or campaign with the same group and before everyone did kind of disappear i had started watching videos and picking up information about it but what ended up happening is I stopped learning for a while, you know, after the campaign kind of dissipated and some months or so I regained my interest in D&D because I was in this server that was inspired by um, a webtoon. The webtoon didn't have anything to do with D&D, but the members, some members in there were talking about D&D and how they'd be interested in doing a campaign. And I said, you know, I'd love to play another campaign too as well and maybe even DM it. And so from there, people were interested. I started picking back up information and videos about learning how to DM. I started planning out a campaign, teaching the members what I knew about D&D. There were some other people who had also played before who were helping out with that. And 
before this, I had actually tried to start a DM, um, D&D group a few times. I tried doing it in my own server. I tried doing it in the original server where the first campaign I had ever played was from. But none of the groups ever came to fruition because people were always wavering. You know, they were interested. Then you asked a day later, they were no longer interested or they were interested but too busy or they just disappeared. A ton of different things kind of really got in the way of me starting my own DM group for a while. But eventually, you know, I did get the group started and we played quite consistently. Um, There were a few times where we couldn't really play like a a few weeks or a month where things were just kind of wishy-washy and we could not get enough members together to play an episode. But then we had a really good run where we were able to actually finish up the first mission of the campaign. And during this whole like process, we gained members and lost members. And at one point had almost an entirely new makeup of members in the group. But I don't know, like it was a really surreal experience. You know, it's really hard to like kind of get D&D groups together. But I really enjoyed playing with this group every week. There was a lot of shenanigans. It was a lot of fun. I loved seeing their characters and them grow as D&D players because I was their first introduction to D&D for the most part. And I wanted to make sure they had a really great experience. So I really went full out with this campaign and this first mission. And it was really in-depth and fun. And then once we did finish the first mission, the plan was to play a one-shot at a higher level to try and just continue to get them to learn more about D&D. And for the past few months, we've been trying to get this together. There have been like, there was like a month or so of inactivity because we were all busy, you know, in life, doing school and different things. But recently we're trying to like get it back together. Um, One person can't play anymore at all because of school. Two other members were like, yeah, we're going to finish our characters for the one shot. And I am really hoping that we can get enough people together to do this one shot and then maybe revive the group with the second mission. And it's a learning process for sure, right? Like, it's really hard to keep a group together in any sense besides D&D. You know, a group of friends, a group to travel, a group at work, any kind of a group. It does take a lot of leadership and trust and companionship within the group to try and keep things running as smoothly as possible. This concept goes the same for other kind of groups or clubs I've been in in the past. Like I was in a manga club and that kind of fell apart because people weren't active. People really couldn't, really weren't like reading the manga. They just didn't have the time. They were busy doing whatever they were doing in life. You know, people have time commitments. They have work, family, school, and everything that they're doing in life. And that's understandable. You know, sometimes people lose interest in D&D. I can understand that as well. I'm constantly losing and regaining interest in different hobbies and activities as the year goes on. Um, Not everyone in the group is going to magically work together. There's going to be clashes. There's going to be tension. Everyone is not going to be buddy-buddy best friends all the time, especially when people take D&D really, really seriously. And there could be a bunch of other really specific reasons depending on the situation on why you can't really keep a D&D group together and running and the same. By the way, if you are listening right now to the podcast, screenshot your screen and tag me on Instagram at nerdingoutwithchelsea. 
I can't wait to interact with you all. So please, please, please tag me and I will definitely respond because I check Instagram quite frequently. One other reason why I don't really blame other members for not really getting to play consistently is I haven't actually gotten to play D&D consistently in a while. The past few D&D endeavors I have been doing is as a DM, as a, a dungeon master. I haven't been a player in a while. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's surprisingly hard to get a group of people together consistently on time without taking very, very long. A lot of people don't play online D&D as well in the spaces that I'm in. They mostly play tabletop. And while I would love to play tabletop, I don't know how that dynamic would really work with the way I'm busy in life right now and the whole COVID thing and trusting people and not wanting to get like kidnapped. Um, so even if I did play tabletop, it would most likely be at school or with friends at school or something like that. But once again, time, how am I going to fit that into my schedule and what I'm doing every day? And while I love D&D and the different things, the very fun things that you can do with it, I have had a lack of a lack of inspiration in terms of creating a campaign and creating missions for my group to go through. I think maybe that inspiration could be sparked up again maybe if I got to play as a character or it could just be a time thing. Same with writing. You know, I'm not always inspired to write. It's every once in a while I just feel like writing something and I do. Or maybe every once in a while I get inspiration for a few words, for a story idea, for a name, something. It pops up in bits and pieces as I go along in life. I'm just not excited to play it currently and that could just be me being in a slump, right? I still love fae and fantasy and it's why I'm writing a book about those things right now. I'm not going to force D&D if I'm just not feeling like playing it right now because that's going to cause me to hate it, right? If you force yourself to do something that you're not enjoying, you're going to come to hate it. You're not just going to magically be like, oh yes, I love this again. I'm having fun all day, every day. It's D&D's really given me inspiration for my writing as well. My main character is based off of my first D&D character from the first campaign I did, whose name was Princess. And I will give more details about that campaign and the character I played as well later. But I think my spark for D&D would be back if I had a fun group to play with without having to worry about a perfect campaign. Just like getting to be the player again and getting to experience that excitement again of not knowing what's coming next. But to give more information on my first campaign, because it was really fun while it lasted, my character's name was Princess. She was a druid, I, I think. She was a half-human, half, a demigod druid, either that or a high-elf druid. Can't remember the specific details. But yeah, she had a familiar. His name was Waffle because why the heck not? He was um, a blink dog. I loved him so much. He, We got into a lot of shenanigans. I definitely, you know, abused the fact that he could teleport. Um, I loved being a druid. I loved the abilities that come with it, being able to transform and use different, you know, nature-inspired attacks and everything was really appealing to me. Um, I was very much chaotic neutral. I just did whatever I felt like in the moment, 
if that meant getting into a fight because I was trying to sell an ogre head and I felt like the merchant was scamming me, then that's just basically what it was, right? I really got into the character and acting like the character. And then, you know, once our playtime was done, you know, I was just back to being me, back to doing whatever I was doing. Um, Princess journeyed from her forest that she was protecting to gain, you know, environmental rights and justice for forests all over the world that were being abused, magical forests all around, you know, the D&D world that were being abused and taken advantage of. And in this journey, she joined a guild where she met the other members that were playing in the campaign, basically joined them and is going on this journey with them, still with her own motive, but also doing the missions and stuff because she likes money and nice things. And there was a really good dynamic in there because, you know, my character, she was young, the youngest teenage druid, grew up in a forest, doesn't really have that conception of society and how people are supposed to act in, you know, the real world or whatever. And so it definitely created a lot of fun opportunities for the group, me doing something unconventional because my character doesn't know better and the other members fixing up the mess or us finding something new from that or just a lot of different things that were happening in that. And people loved my character. You know, I was chaotic, I was fun, and I was enjoying myself as well. I had a really close connection with these people. And I hope whatever they're doing in life, I hope it's going well and I hope they are doing fine. Now that we have kind of talked about D&D and my first campaign and such, you know why we're here in this podcast. We're not just going to talk about the different nerdy things that I'm into. We're going to talk about the intersection of race and other things that are going on in these communities. D&D is not, you know, is not an exception to things like racism and sexism and a whole bunch of other things. Practically every nerd community has some sort of racism embedded in it. And, you know, I got to pull up my professor hat right now because D&D not safe. I'm coming for everybody's necks in this podcast and you signed up for this if you're listening. My first question that I have to pose to the listener is, why is it that all the unsavory races and characters in D&D have stereotypical features of minorities, right? Or behaviors. For example, droves, uh, dark elves, they're dark skinned described as, you know, like black as night and such and live in the underworld praising a spider goddess and they're considered inherently evil. Um, I believe chaotic evil or something like that. Somewhere on the evil alignment and orcs as well. They're portrayed in really negative racial uh, connotations. If you ever read like the, the OG orc descriptions, it's all about like sallow skin and mushed up face and a whole bunch of really just kind of racially imbued or racial connotations in the descriptions and you know maybe they didn't make such an emphasis on droves being dark-skinned and if droves could have been light-skinned as well or white then it wouldn't be so yikes but it's like they make it as if they're two polar opposites right the dark elves the dark droves and then the elves which are all shown as white light-skinned fair-skinned, whatever, chaotic good or lawful good, blue eyes, white hair, blonde hair, and it's like usually the same description of them all the time. And that just makes it really obvious that when elves were created and thought of in D&D and the original text, they were definitely racially associated with white people, right? And many people 
like call for stuff like this to be addressed by you know the D creators and the people who have the rights to them now um people say stuff like racial bonuses and other things based on stereotypes in the game should be removed because for certain things like orcs and stuff you get like a minus two in intelligence for just picking an orc or if you're like a, a high elf or a wood elf or something like that you get like a plus two to intelligence or wisdom or something and people have kind of taken matters into their own hands in calling for something to be done about this there is a DD handbook called ancestry and culture where the aspects of like stats that usually would be defined by race in the player's handbook are dependent on the ancestry and culture of your character instead and so with it no character is inherently evil good intelligent dumb etc just based off what race you picked for them um and that's one way people are trying to go about it but other people are more about like the accountability factor they're like we don't want to have other options like that because those are things you can do outside the game people do whatever they want outside the game anyways they want actual change to be made to D itself so they want it to that race doesn't have an effect on the characters morals their intelligence and the other factors like that that racial bonuses can affect and instead players can just be anything they want without having to worry about consequences from which race they chose which honestly should be in my opinion just the main goal of DD. race should really only define really really small things like if the character has night vision or something neat like that but not the personality or character of it it should be you who decides what the character your what the character or personality of your character is right and people who tend to mention race or sexism or any of the other problems that could be going on in the DD community whenever they do mention it they always get harassed or threatened to be doxxed and this and that and whatever and it just goes to show that if there is that kind of lashback and harassment happening for people talking about these things then there is a problem of racism that needs to be discussed and addressed by the creators or whoever holds the rights and decision making to D&D currently. This part of the episode brings us to Chelsea's questionable favorites. Every episode, I'll recommend something for you to check out. This episode, I am going to recommend a manga that I am currently enjoying the mess out of. The manga is called Undead Unluck, and Undead Unluck is a manga currently serializing in Weekly Shonen Jump. You know the deal, boom bang pow. Um... <laughs> Undead Unluck is about Fuko, aka Unluck, and Andy, aka Undead, and these two are people called negators. Fuko causes anything she touches to undergo like some stroke of bad luck, and Andy is someone who really wants to die but can't because of his ability. They team up to basically try and help him die, you know, like permanently for good, and they end up catching the eyes of an organization who polices and watches negators. And if you want more information, right, on like how their abilities work, what negators are, and how amazing this manga is, like I beg of you, please, please, please give it a read, right? Like it is actually so good. I get hype 
every time a chapter comes out because I can tell the creator is putting some love into this. Like this story is so good. You can read like the la the first three and the last three chapters on the Shonen Jump or Viz Media app for free. Some of the physical volumes are out as well. By the way, if you'd like to get me a few of those physical volumes, you know the deal. Head over to my Instagram where my wish list is most definitely there. And the bottom half of my wish list is just all manga for everything from Undead Unluck to Fire Force to Berserk to like everything. So, you know, go check that out. You know, spend a little money on a podcast host or whatever. But yeah, the story starts off slow and eventually really, really picks up like the plot really just drives it home, right? Um, I love how interesting it is that the manga creator doesn't drag out the fights. Like, no shout, no shade to One Piece. Love One Piece. One of my top, t what my tops forever. If you if you watched episode two, you would know One Piece is like my thing. Oh, forever will be top five, maybe even top three anime slash manga. But <laughs> I do have to throw a little shade at it, right? Fights do not last 20, like 20,000 chapters, right? When a fight starts, it will end promptly. The only thing that would interrupt the fight would be a short flashback, not a 350 million chapter flashback, one chapter, half a chapter flashback, right? But the flashback isn't rushed. They do the dang thing when it comes to that flashback. That flashback adds something to the actual fight. It adds perspective and context to what's going on. Um, it's one of those manga that it takes its time going from character to character, giving them their own arc, to explain their personality, their ability, their motives, all of their backstory and how it impacts their ability and the way they're moving forward. Because in most shows, you know, if you have an ability, something in your life, something that traumatized or had an effect on you affects why you have the ability you have. And they explain that. And the most recent chapter that's out as of this episode recording, chapter 79, the impact, the impact that this chapter had. Oh my god, it's such a, like, a chef kiss that I definitely reread it because I was like, yeah, this has to be episode three's recommendation. It has to be the questionable favorite. There's ain't no way I'm waiting until another two weeks for the next episode to recommend Undead Unluck. Do you like reading anime and manga reviews? Wanting to know what to pick up? Go follow the podcast page at Nerding Out with Chelsea, where we regularly do anime and manga reviews of all genres.